Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. So today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Shalene Johnson. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, business coach, motivational speaker, and the creator of the 131 Method. Shalene holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most fitness videos, which is a hilarious title, like a hilarious achievement, right? Awesome. (laughs) And is the host of two top-rated podcasts, The Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe, which if you're a podcaster, I hope you've heard them and are subscribed. Welcome, Shalene. Well, thank you so much. I also find humor in that uh, Guinness Book of World Records title. (laughs) I like uh, it. Just we're just trying to give you a lot of credibility here. (laughs) I I appreciate that. Anywhere I can get it, my mom appreciates it too. (laughs) Good. Yeah. At least you're. That's one of those things that your parents probably brag about the most. Uh, Yeah, they don't brag about my podcasting. My mom recently told me she was, you know, no one listens to podcasts. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well. (laughs) So today we're going to talk a little bit about weight loss resistance, and that can mean a lot of things, but there is a little bit of a backstory and a story always means the most. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your backstory, because although you've got quite a foothold in the fitness industry, you spent a long time kind of redefining yourself as a business coach. And now we're taking a little bit of um, a little bit of a 180 again, maybe not a 180, but it's just always part of your brand. But I'd like to hear about the inspiration. Give us a little bit of the backstory about where uh, the one through one method came from and kind of how this all began. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on the show. I am very excited. This is the first podcast interview that I we've actually lined up regarding the one through one because, as you know, we've been in like deep production mode. So I've literally declined all interviews, all opportunities, everything just to be, you know, fully engaged and involved in the research and development of the program. So it's really great to have this opportunity and to share this with you. Um, You know, so first I want to reference the first part of your question, which was, it feels like a 180. And I just had a conversation with someone about this where they're like, are you reinventing yourself? And 
I don't think any of us reinvent ourselves. There's just parts of us that we are more passionate about or that people, or we want people to know about. So I've always been really passionate about health and wellness and living my best life and then trying to teach other people whatever it is I've learned. So sometimes that pain point is business and sometimes that pain point is raising kids or my marriage or it's fitness. But I always feel like whatever I'm just recently have figured out, I feel like, and you know, I'm a Christian and I believe that of my purpose is to, you know, listen to God's purpose and whatever I've just, he's helped me through. I feel like I have an obligation then to share that with others and hopefully shed some light and make it a little easier for others. And that's truthfully how everything, like if I follow my career, my career just follows whatever it is I'm passionate about and whatever it is I'm passionate about is usually, usually some type of solution I've discovered for my own challenge. And that has been fitness and health and diet. And the solutions are numerous from organizing your computer hard drive to, uh, <laughs> to diet here. So, but yeah. you know, as someone who's an expert, right, you're, I mean, when you've got the Guinness Book of World Records title, I mean, you're clear that's, that's instant expert status, right? So we, so we know you're an expert in fitness and health, but you were having, you were going through some of your own struggles, right? And that's kind of where this, this new project came from. Yeah, I guess the more I've learned, the more I realize no one deserves that title when it comes to health and fitness, really. Like, I think we all can be investigators, but the, I think we get into a dangerous zone when we, we declare ourselves the expert or an, an expert. I'm just, I'm a student. And the more I learn, the more I realize that there's so much we don't know. And the reason why this became so important for me is because my health was declining and it started with my, for me, what I recognized, what, what became like really apparent and made me take action was my, my brain health. And I started by working with Dr. Amen, having my, my brain scanned and realized that I had a brain of someone 20 years older than my chronological age. And I don't know if it would have inspired me to take action if I didn't have kids. Like I just kept thinking like, I do not want my kids having to deal with like changing my diapers and not knowing where and having to put me in a home. Like, no, I, I'm young and cool and I need them to, you know, feel that way about me. I need to fix this. And realizing that so much of what I had done was self-inflicted. So I started down this path to restore my brain health. And that's where I kind of discovered like all the other things I didn't realize were signs of poor health that I was just neglecting, ignoring. So what were, and by the way, that's not the first time someone has said that very same sentiment on this podcast. I remember someone else said something really powerful once that I will butcher something like, I don't want my kids, I want to be healthy enough or my kids don't have to take care of me. So basically, yeah. you know, along the same lines. Um, and that's an incredible, that's an incredible drive for you. But what I think we're it should be right for a lot of us, you know, yeah. I, I, you and I both know that it's different for every person what makes them finally just care enough about their own health. And, you know, that people say you have to love yourself, but sometimes you have to love other people more in order to make those changes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point for sure. Because it's always finding, you know, this is always a hot topic, right? Finding and keeping motivation, whether that or not, that's the word that we would want to use to improve ourselves can be, um, you know, can be too much for some people for a while, right? We almost have to, I tell people this all the time. Unfortunately, most people I see have to get much worse before they're willing to get better, right? Um, we just have to yeah. kind of hit a rock bottom. I was the exact same way in my own health journey, right? We're just, mm. we're going to deal with things until we realize that just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal, right? And so when we realize so this really isn't normal, then we try to take care of it. So, so let's talk about some of those symptoms, right? Because everyone gets those symptoms and we just start, we, we ignore them. We think they're normal, but, but what were some of the symptoms that you had? Well, in terms of my um, my brain function, again, you just attribute them to all the things you hear everyone else complaining about. But mine got to a point where I felt like I was changing my personality. Um, I'm a happy person. I'm always optimistic. I love people. I'm always in a good mood. But my my inability to focus and my um, need to create complete silence and, and kind of a fortress around myself in order to just do really simple tasks like return an email became intrusive. Like I would have to lock myself in a, a very, in fact, we have a big office, my husband and I, but it's upstairs in our house. So if I could hear traffic outside or someone walking through the house or my husband breathing, how dare he, it would, it would so distract me that like I would get angry and irritated and I, I couldn't finish or think of like, what was I trying to write in the sentence? I heard someone breathing. How dare they? And I was just like becoming someone I didn't feel like was me. And I knew like, okay, so what's going on here? Am I depressed? Am I, is my brain not working right? And that's what led me initially to look at my brain health and then realizing that again, because of chronic sleep deprivation and likely what I didn't realize was malnutrition. I created uh, a lot of brain damage in addition to that, some concussions. So as I started down this path to like heal my brain, I realized I kept getting the same thing over and over and over again from my doctors. Like you really need to look at your diet and exercise. I'm like, okay, this must just be something they say to everybody. And I don't want to be that person that's like, do you know who I am? But I really did feel like saying, do you know who I like, do you know how I eat? And do you know how I exercise? Like, this is what I live. This is what I preach. How can they be telling me that I need to pay closer attention to my diet and my exercise. So I went and had um, full lab work done and a full nutritional panel and started working with an integrative um, medical professional to, say, to see, okay, what am I deficient in? And that's when I discovered I was virtually deficient in every vital nutrient and mineral that you need for just average health. And I was like, this, are you sure these are my results? It just didn't make sense to me until it was explained that it was likely the result of leak, like a really bad case of leaky gut. And that was a rough bottom to hit, right? The denial. You know, it's funny because I, I was happy because I was like, oh, you know, like it's when you're sick and you don't know what it is mm -hmm. or when there's a problem or anything, like even with your car, like once, once you know what the problem is, I think it's a happy moment because then you're like, cool. Well, now at least I know what this is because it just didn't make sense to me before that why my nutrition kept coming up over and over again. And then it was like an awakening. I'm like, 
everyone's been talking about leaky gut and I've just been ignoring these conversations because that term sounded like something that I didn't have in my mind. So I never paid attention to any of the correlating uh, side effects or what that term actually meant. But once I started digging digging in, it was like the answers just started pouring down. I'm like, oh my gosh, this so relates to brain health and the way that I feel and what's going on with my metabolism. Like it, it all just started to make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No better, do better. And what you originally thought, so you had so much clarity. First of all, uh, you know, you said, I don't know if they tell this to all their patients. I, <laughs> I think it probably depends on your region and the type of doctor you go to. I would say it feel, it still feels to me from the nutritionist perspective that it's an anomaly for the doctor to say, you should really be looking at your diet first. And what a refreshing mm-hmm. concept. Thank goodness that we're saying that, but you know, sometimes we think that we are really healthy, right? Like some yeah. people would say, I think my gut health is great. I drink kombucha and I eat yogurt, right? right so we would, right. we would consider that being optimal, but really it presents in so many different ways. And so everything that we have is a symptom. And so you start looking at your brain. For me, I start looking at my skin. I wasn't, I didn't have digestive issues per se, um, but you know, it, it manifests and each body shows symptoms in a different way. And for some people, they show a symptom as weight gain, right? Right, Absolutely. And I think for so many people, we are, we're treating the symptom, right? We're not, we're not getting to the root cause. And that is why we're so desperately searching for the right diet because we think, okay, well, once I find the right diet, the, you know, the, the Holy grail, well, then I'll be able to take the weight off and then I'll be fixed. Or then, you know, all I need is like, this diet that I can stick to for the rest of my life. And we know that 95% of people, they lose the weight and gain it all back. And that started me on another journey because as I started unraveling leaky gut and understanding more about diet and metabolism, I started looking into like, well, what kind of diet is right for me to heal my gut? And a big piece of that was, you know, doing gut testing and realizing I had incredibly high levels of inflammation and wanting to figure out like why, even once I'd changed my, my diet and I was trying to repair leaky gut, there were still things that, there were things that were just causing me great inflammation that weren't on the so-called, you know, list of inflammatory foods. Um, so that just, it, it really got me to almost like with a passion, go after the diet industry and this notion that we're all going to, you know, be able to eat keto or paleo or, you know, fill in the blank name of diet and we'll all be fixed. We've just all been, you know, suddenly we've discovered what it is and then just realizing we're so different. Every single person is so different. I get quite a few emails from people. Well, this, this has become kind of, I have to frame it up as a game almost because my favorite thing and we all do this. We are so busy. You know, we haven't gotten answers from other people. So we try to figure it out ourselves. And now with, now with Google, we can do a lot. Of, we can get a long way down that rabbit hole. Right. And so yeah. anyway, sometimes I'll get messages from people and actually probably the most common question any dietitian ever gets is, will you make me a meal plan? Not that I get emails that say that, but occasionally I'll get emails that are basically asking that. And the question, and so it's, it's great that people are trying to be proactive and fix themselves. And sometimes my point is here is that people come to us or we come to others with what we think our problem is, right? So you thought you had brain 
health problems. And really you realize that there was other root causes, like your body was working in a symphony. And so until you looked at the rest of the pieces, it didn't really matter what the brain was doing by itself. And so we, we always have these preconceived notions on what we think our problem is. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they find the Holy grail of the diet. Like if, if this person makes me meal plan, it had the most hilarious email conversation that it was a two exchanger. Uh, and basically the woman said she was sick of tracking what she was eating I don't remember something. It was really hilarious. And I wish I could have replied and said, summary, you, you don't want to put in the effort for X, Y, Z. Anyway, it's just really kind of funny because we need some, and that's why we, we do need to kind of get outside of our own brains sometimes to step back and realize what the real problem is. Right. Cause sometimes we need to talk well, about it out loud. Right there about that. The email that you received is, is, is what everybody wants, you know, and include, including myself before I knew better. It's like, I, I'm not picky. Just tell me what this simple solution is and I'll do it. Like I'll, I'll do it. Just tell me what it is. But unfortunately there isn't. And that's, that was a hard, um, that was probably the greatest obstacle I think still today in reaching people with this message is that we have to accept it is not simple mm-hmm. and, and, but it's incredibly rewarding. Guess what else isn't simple? Raising kids is not simple. But if you, if you educate yourself and you care, then it's incredibly rewarding. Like the most rewarding things are not simple. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And really at the end of the day, we can see where priorities lie. We have the, the luxury of getting to meet people often who feel that their priority is health. And maybe sometimes it is or isn't because you can kind of unearth that as you get into the conversation where they're frustrated. You know, we can all become frustrated by our health. And so you get to this point of frustration to where you can just tell, you know, like you said, it's not really on or off. I always have trouble. And I know you do too, with this concept, you're not really on or off of a diet. You're constantly on a journey to improve yourself and to feel your best Mm -hmm. always. Mm I think for a lot of people, myself included, I mean, I just have to, it's, there's kind of like Shaleen before 131 and after 131, like 131 AD and 131 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believed if like, for example, in my smart life push journal, there's a section where you rank your physical health. And I was looking back at old ones where I ranked my health very high. And even though I know when I wrote that score to going on truly with my health and it wasn't good, but I ranked it very high because I believed my physical health was a score I gave myself based on how few calories I ate and how much I exercised. It wasn't, I didn't rank it based on how I felt, how my energy was. I really have had to look at health and realize that it's a much broader definition and that I have an obligation to undo some of the damage I personally am responsible for. I mean, Krista, I have sold tens of millions of exercise DVDs and you know, you're teaching an exercise workout, but you're also messaging to people mm-hmm. and, and almost every one of those programs was sold with a quote unquote diet, you know, and in full disclosure, I didn't design those diets. They always had a team around me to design them, but I would be like, Oh, okay, sure. This looks like a good diet because I, I just didn't know better then. So in part, I feel responsible for the perpetuation of that message. And I've just drawn a line in the sand now, and I just won't be a part of any type of 
project or messaging that I think further misleads the public and especially women, right? Because we buy the food, we influence our daughters, we influence each other, and we have to have a much broader, more inclusive definition of health. And when we do, you start to feel so much more in control. Absolutely. You know, there's a few things pieces I take away from that. One is I think, you know, this AD model, right? After one through one or after customization, Mm -hmm. after you realize this, I think we become spoiled. Like you couldn't realize going backwards because now you just know better, right? So you become, you've become so much more in tune with your body and how it's speaking to you. And you're listening so much more that that becomes the guiding rule of how things will be right. And how you'll proceed. The other from thing that, from that standpoint, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but from that standpoint, it does become more simple, right? Like, so I said earlier, it's not simple. It's not simple to arrive at that point, but once you arrive at that point, it does become much more, much more, it, it's easier to see. It's easier to understand. It does, it make everything makes so much more sense. Yeah, for sure. So when we talk about messaging, you know, I actually saw a recent shift in messaging around the 131. We're referring to it in shorthand here with the 131, but for a while we referred to it as the 131 diet or the anti-diet, right? And now yeah. it's the method. It was almost like a light bulb went off, right? Because it's mm-hmm. a methodology of, of helping people understand uh, how to customize their own diet and, and kind of understand just everything in a bigger picture, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that was kind of an interesting transition. Do you want to speak to that at all? Sure. And that's probably a little bit more um, a discussion that will be interesting to people who are also in marketing. And I'll just be honest about this. Um, When I was first developing the program, I knew I didn't want to have like a, like a name, like a diet name, because I don't believe it serves anyone to like belong to a diet tribe where it's like, we're the, we're the paleo people, we're the vegan people, we're the gluten-free people. Because you can't, then, then what, what do you have to do if your body changes and that no longer works for you? You have to leave your identity behind. You have to believe that what you once believed was wrong. Like it's, it's just not a healthy place to be. We need to be having a more open mind. So I knew it didn't, I didn't want to give it like a name that people could um, attach in that way. So I would use numbers, number one. And then number two is I gave it the word diet because Honestly, I wanted to help people who are looking for a diet. And I'm just going to be honest right now. And I wanted to, like, I don't want to say trick them, but like, go, okay, you're looking for a diet. So, you know, we're going to get you in the door. And then you're going to realize it's about your health. Surprise. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, almost like this is for your own good. Yeah. But the more I try to explain the messaging and calling it an anti-diet and how much I hate diets and the whole notion of being on a diet, it was just, it just didn't feel right every time those words came out of my mouth. And the way someone would say, well, describe the one through one diet, I would say, it's a method. It's like, it's a methodology that allows you to phase your diet. And, and it just came to, to a point where I said, I really don't care if it hurts us in terms of being more or less marketable. It just doesn't fit. So it's got to go. I like the change. Thanks. And our whole lives are really methods, systems, and strategies if done well. We were just talking about kind of messaging overall with health and wellness and something that you know that's very, very clear to you with 
you know, the Courageous Confidence Club and some different things is that when we get into talking about health and wellness, we're not just talking about that. We're talking about other things as well, like body confidence, um, other things that overlap into our life, like organization, right? Being Mm. able to schedule your day so that way you can fit into these things that you've never done before. Um, And just kind of integrating proper nutrition, uh, having dinner with your family, like all these things that improve your health as your normal. Uh, so you're not on and off like, oh, I'm, I'm starting tomorrow. No, just like have dinner with your kids today um, and just yeah. try to include them. It's just, it's a whole lifestyle really. And so we try to, you know, I don't know, we try to get kind of segmented, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm in the nutrition business, but more and more, sometimes I just have to stop and tell my clients, well, you know, you're just, we have this kind of stress like with your job. Yeah. So if you, unless you want, if you want to get better, you must sleep the end. Like you must, this is not an option. So then we have to talk through, like, I think you need a house cleaner. (laughs) You know, it's funny the things that come up because it's just necessary. And you know, they, it's a sigh of relief for someone else to hear it because at the same time, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you need to talk about it out loud, uh, to realize something that maybe is obvious to someone on the outside. Right. So true. And it's, it, it, it really like the word integrative, like your, every piece of your existence affects your health. Mm-hmm. How overstuffed your closet is affects your health. It does. How you're getting along with your teenage daughter or you know, your partner, that affects your health. Your pillow affects your health. The car, like all of these things. And I think we just wing it and just you know, white knuckle it and everyone else is doing, is adulting. So we should adult too and just suck it up and try to exercise more, eat less and sleep less. And we're just beginning to realize that wasn't such a good plan. It's not a burden. Sometimes I'll just sit here and write notes while we're talking. It's not a burden. It's, you know, we have an opportunity every day, oh, right? Yeah. To make it just a little bit better. And so if we go through it, you know, every time you get knocked down, because we all have those moments where we get a little knocked over. I had a client recently, I was feeling kind of knocked over by that case, but I just, you got to scrape yourself up off the ground regularly and say, this is going to be great. We're going to learn so much. You're going to know so much about yourself because of these trials that you've had to go through. Right. I mean, so even when I was going through my own health issues, uh, you know, before I realized I had significant gut issues myself and other root cause issues, I, I think there was a point where I said, I wish I had some personal attachment to the issues that I love talking about and speaking about. Mm. And then, you know, it happened. So even though it was rough and there was tears and there was, it's hard to go through a healing journey. Right. But yeah, you know, if you can go through it with a little bit of gratitude and for, with optimism and, you know, sometimes you need, again, some, you need something else to kind of, kind of help you along in that, in that way. But um, if you can go through it with, um, you know, opportunity in, in your mind, um, it's easier to go through. Right. And so we just have to pick ourselves up and say, we can help someone else with this, which is exactly, you know, kind of the platform that you've, that you've run your business on. Right. I think so. I think that it's one of the parts about people's experience when they go through the one through one that I love the most is when we ask respondents, you know, what, what motivated you to try the one through one method, you know, overwhelmingly people say weight loss. And then when they get in the program, they realize that what was so much bigger was an underlying issue that they didn't know they had the ability to heal themselves. You know, and we hear it over and over again. And I, I certainly don't want to make medical claims about 
the 131 method, but you know, we're fooling ourselves if we don't make medical claims about our nutrition. And that's what the program's about. It's a nutrition program. And so, yes, people have relief from joint inflammation and brain fog, any autoimmune disease you can think of. So many people, they go through the program, they didn't join for that reason, but then they realize they're healing themselves by figuring out what works for them. I mean, we, we've seen it with patients with MS and PCOS and eczema. And I mean, you just name it. And that's the part that becomes really exciting to me because they're like, wow, I didn't even... I didn't even know that having migraines every day at 4 p.m. wasn't normal right? and that I wouldn't have to suffer from that. Like I, I didn't join this program. I wasn't motivated to do it because, you know, my feet hurt every morning when I woke up. But now I'm motivated to continue this the rest of my life because I now realize so much of what I was suffering from or just dealing with and thought, well, you know, I'm getting older or fill in the blank that. I actually have the ability to control my health or affect my health by what I'm doing in my life and not just food and not just exercise, but stress and sleep and toxins in your environment. I love all of that so much because the goal, you know, when we empower, that's a goal of this show as well. It's for people to say, I didn't even realize that was a thing. And for people to feel more Mm -hmm. confident moving forward to just, you know, to have a lot of confidence, right. Um, To feel like they're in control in the driver's seat for sure. So confidence really does come with that knowledge. You know, when I always say when I'm feeling insecure, either about a meeting or a new venture, if I can just spend a couple of days kind of digging in and researching and, um, you know, just educating myself, I just feel so much more confident. And I think that's true for all of us in any area. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. And that that align, that's the same message is true for your health. If you feel mm-hmm. frustrated by it, it's because you just need to keep practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just need to practice a little bit more. So yeah. when we talk about weight gain and weight loss resistance, there's a couple things that come to mind. And this, this leads me into a couple of listener questions that we have that maybe kind of summarize mm-hmm. some of the topics or the themes that we've talked about. So there's a couple things for me that come to mind. Is this really a mental block or a mental resistance or a physical resistance? So the first listener question I have is about having that mental block or mental resistance. So this question is, imagine that you have a family member that says he or she wants X, like weight loss or something, but for some reason always gives up. How do you offer support and encouragement without depleting your own energy or investing hours of your own energy onto that person only to quit or make excuses? Oh, the hardest people to reach are the people that we love and care about the most. It's always the people that we're closest to. Um, So without knowing the particulars, I'd like to speak in general terms because I think it'll help the greatest number of people. And that is Anyone who has a weight issue, um, they know it, whether it's like five pounds or 50 pounds or a hundred pounds, they definitely know it and they want to do something about it. But change is scary and change is hard and we will never motivate. We are less likely, I should say, to motivate the people that we love by giving them helpful suggestions because it feels like an attack on their identity and it feels like they're not good enough. They feel like, what if I fail? Then I will fail you. So my recommendation, even though it's really hard with the people we love the most, is to just love them more and lead by example. Never speak about weight. 
Always speak in terms of health and energy. If you do notice someone is making progress, again, as tempting as it is to say, wow, your face is looking really thin or wow, it looks like you've lost some weight. Try as, as you might to notice skin, hair, eyes, energy, mood, because those things have less of a, a physical attachment to it. And the one way we can motivate the people around us to change is when they feel loved and supported. So although it's really hard, I think that's the best approach. Yeah, I love it. And I'll tell you one thing that I've learned through practice is with a friend or family, depending on how they want to change, we have, you know, we have almost a predisposition to where we treat because they're family or friends, we want to treat them differently or special Mm -hmm. or something. And I've found that if I lay out boundaries and just say, I want you to have the best results anyone else would. So I'm going to treat you exactly the same as anyone else. It's a much better outcome, right? Because Mm -hmm. anytime you throw away kind of what your boundaries are, whether it's personal, family, work, whatever, you're just going to end up hurt, right? The person who wrote the um, inquiry asked about, you know, how, how do you guard your own energy? And I would say I've certainly been guilty of so passionately caring about somebody else's outcome that, you know, it's my, it's my desire to help. It's my desire to want to have them live their best possible life, but it comes across as being a know-it-all. It can come across as being, um, too passionate or aggressive. And ultimately, again, people feel like it's an attack on who they are when we're just trying to help. So I've just taken a, a vow myself this year to, to not try to help unless I'm specifically asked. And even then to pull back so that I'm not overly invested in somebody's outcome, like that needs to be important to them. And I can't, I can't waste the energy. I don't mean to say, to sound like it's a waste, but you know, truth, truthfully, I can't waste the energy trying to make something happen for someone else when they have to do that themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you and I both then are a little bit the same where we take people's results maybe to heart at some point in our life. And so I think for the person that's victim of that, it's good to go look at stages stages of change uh, theory or model because anytime you kind of feel wiped out by that, it's good to remind yourself like this is a thing. There's pre-contemplation, there's contemplation, there's stages of this. And so when you kind of, when you, when you're okay with where that person is, you're going to be better off, right? You won't take it so personally Mm -hmm. either. So I'm going to Google that stages of change. Yeah. Theory or model. There's like four stages. So the next listener question is, you know, going back to that uh, overview, which is, you know, mental block or physical block or physical resistance. And so this is about physical resistance. And uh, I think we touched about this, but to simplify this answer, the question is, what do you tell someone that seems to be following all the rules and exercising, eating according to a plan and struggling to lose weight despite maybe normal thyroid tests, which is a whole other topic, but that was Mm -hmm. the question. Well, it can be, it can be so many different things. And I think that's why we have to be in charge ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when we're following someone else's prescription, you, you can be doing everything right. You can be doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, and it may not be working for you because it's somebody else's quote unquote right. And that's why I think we have to investigate for ourselves. If, if you are charged with the responsibility of helping somebody else improve their health, I think part of that process is educating them so that they can figure it out. 
right? Like I, we often know what the problem is if we have enough information to evaluate ourselves. So I think as those who are nutritionists and those who are counseling others when it comes to their health, part of being a great coach is teaching your students everything you know so they can evaluate themselves um, because that person might be doing everything right and there might be something else going on. There might be that they are either under-reporting or over-reporting or there's another, maybe there's leaky gut going on. There's so many things that could be going on and they're going to need to solve that mystery. And I, don't, I just don't think it's someone else's responsibility. Like even our, our own physicians, like nobody knows more about your body or has more intuition about what's going on than you. You just need more information. Right. So I will add a little bit to that. And that is, you know, the first time you do something, it's the hardest, right? Um, Or it seems the hardest. The first time you tried to drive, it was much harder than what you do now, which is almost on autopilot. Um, And so that goes back to the practice thing. And so sometimes when people are learning about something the first time, it can start to feel overwhelming because when you didn't know a lot of, like there's, there's always so much to know, right? Uh, And so one strategy I use with people to help them figure it out is draw a picture because it'll be less tricky, right? So draw a radial, you know, you're at the center and then just, it's like a mind map almost. You draw like arms and say, you know, we got this and like, here's all the possible causes and this, you know, and it just allows you, and it can be cleaned up later, but it's almost like a visual brain dump of, of getting your thoughts out. So you feel like, okay, now that I see it all in one place, it's like a puzzle to kind of put together. Who can help me put this piece together? Who can help me put this piece together? And it puts you back in that control and that driver's seat instead of feeling like you've tried one thing and then you stopped and you tried another thing and then you stopped. Well, you know, cause have you really actually tried that to the fullness, right? right. There's, there's right. that piece as well. Great advice. Okay. So just finally here, as we're talking about this as a movement, the one, three, one method, what do you see as the future of this movement or what are your hopes and dreams Mm. related to creating something so big that's become a foundation of our wellness? (laughs) I mean, I, I have really big dreams for this as a movement. My, my prayer is that it trickles down to the next generation of girls and the next generation of girls. And I start with girls because again, I, I really believe that's where, I mean, as it stands right now, we're doing the shopping and, you know, we dictate body image and we speak that to our, our children, you know, we're feeding our, our young children. And I, my prayer is that people, we look back on a day when people were just like crazy over a singular diet and we think it's just ludicrous. It's like, do you remember when everyone was like doing the fill in the blank diet? And we think it's funny. I think that we're going to, I think we're on the cusp of knowing so much more than we know today. And the more we know, the less we realize, or yeah, the more we know, the more we recognize how little we do know and that there really are so very few definitive, um, definitives when it comes to our health. I mean, the more intelligent and informed the scientists that I speak with, when it comes to the research we've put in the 131, the more I hear them taking kind of a, a neutral stance on almost everything. Like even when I had the chance to interview Dr. Walter Longo, who's the, um, the professor, the, the researcher, who's really behind a lot of the research regarding autophagy or autophagy, depending on how you pronounce it, and the research that we're learning about how the body heals itself with fasting. 
and I have so many questions for him because so many experts are like, well, but what about mTOR and what about protein and what about your fast mimicking diet? Why is it, can you explain this? And so many of the things where he probably has a more definitive answer than anyone else with actual human studies, he still takes a position of, well, this is what we know, but we don't know for sure. And we're learning more. And I think that's a really important stance to take. Like, whatever we know now, we have to have kind of a soft boundary and realize that new research and technology will be available that we might need to change our position or our stance. And it's best to just take a a scientific approach to this stuff and just say, you know, rather than having it define who you are, the way that you eat or the way that you exercise or the way you live your life, is to just say, you know, I just want to do what's best. And as more technology and science is available to us, we're, we're going to know so much more. I think there's, honestly, I think that technology is going to advance to a point where we'll be able to wear a device that tells us what we're deficient in. We'll have home kits that will very accurately tell us what's going on in our gut biome, how to evaluate supplements. We're going to know if we need 20 more minutes of sun and if we are okay with seven hours of sleep or if because of who we are, we actually need nine hours. Like I think a lot of this right now we have to, we just have to go on best practices and conjure. But in the very near future, and I think within the next 10 years, so much of this, we're going to be able to just dial it in and it, it won't be a hypothesis. We'll actually know and it'll be very specific to our biology. And I think if I had to put a tail end on that, it's that don't be disheartened because that technology isn't available now. You don't have to wait 10 years to start feeling your best today, right? Because why would we wait till tomorrow? Start with where you are and learn something new every day related to your priority, whether it's health and wellness, because as we discussed, this is integrated in all areas of your life, whether you like it or not, it seeps seeps into all the other areas. So learn something every day. Be optimistic and excited about the future. Um, about it's not freedom. Being yeah, it's, it's education is amazing. <laughs> and you know, and that that with that freedom comes confidence, and with that confidence comes better decisions and a happier you and a fuller life. And it, it's just a trickle down effect, and it's such a positive way to influence every part of your life when you stop looking at your health as um, being on or off a diet, when you stop evaluating your worthiness as an individual based on how difficult or how hard you worked out that day. Like it's a very freeing, happy place to be. And I, my hope is that someday everyone can know what that feels like. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. There's a lot of, there's a need for a lot of hope in the world, I would say for Mm. sure. Uh, what's your final gut reaction you might tell someone that feels like the story and what we've discussed today is a big breath of fresh air. It speaks directly to them in terms of how they felt about diet culture. I'd want to give them my gut reaction would just be to give them a big hug and like, yes, like I have this experience every time I meet someone who like they're a week into, not even a week, they're like two days into the one, three, one method. And you, you can just hear it. You can read it. And you, you just feel that emotion that people feel when it's like, it's like they've uncovered the truth. 
And it's such a powerful, exciting place to be. And I just, I feel emotion. I want to hug that person. I want to say, you know, you never have to look back. You like, you never have to look back. Absolutely. It was uh, refreshing and so fun to talk all about anti-diets, how people <laughs> feel about themselves, everything today. Where can people find you? Well, I would love for them to see my story, like to understand more about how I got here. And by here, I mean where I've just taken a completely different approach to helping people with health and fitness. It doesn't look anything like what it once did and and understand my journey a little bit more. I think they'll really relate to the story. And I, you can find that story by going to 131method.com. There's a little video there where I talk about, um, you know, being in exercise videos and how I ended up in this position and, and how I found myself at my, the least healthy I've ever been in my entire life was probably when I was at the peak of my <laughs> career in health and fitness. And um, what a disservice that, we we do sometimes because of the marketing of these programs, but I think people will relate to it because it's, it's everyone's story. It's just being frustrated and feeling like, well, I must've done it wrong. Well, I guess this is just me. Well, I guess I must have a slow metabolism. Well, I guess I'm not disciplined or strict enough. I guess I'm not working out hard enough. And I think people will feel that feeling where it's like, aha, this makes sense to me. So I would encourage people to go to 131method.com. But if you want to connect with me, like, and tell me you heard me on Krista's podcast, follow me on Snapchat. I'm Shalene Official, no spaces, all one word, Shalene Official. All right. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. And uh, I had a good time and uh, can't wait to get this out to the world. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for being such a big part of the 131. It is really, um, it's an honor to have such a cool team. And when I say cool team, like a team that we, we all share the same vision. And I feel like we're, we're all part of like changing the planet together. So I'm, it's an honor to be here with you today. No, thank you. And it was such an honor for me to bring this interview to you guys today. So to learn more about Shalene's story and for an education about your body in this program, go to 131method.com. That's in numbers, 131method.com. And for one-on-one support and help with your gut health, go to lessstressednutrition.com. Talk to you soon. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 